Hello everyone, it's Tuesday, so you know what that means? TV Tuesday! Yes, it's Spirekin's podcast where we talk about new and relevant TV shows that came out within the week, and we talk about it. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. And we're back for another fun-filled episode, and remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. Some podcasts and bang reviews about Connectly Enhanced Narratives, where you have all of our other podcasts, including the movie review, game review, manga review, anime review, and all the other various podcasts. And actually, this is a very special episode, because we're going to be doing a combination Television Tuesday and an anime review. So, kind of a mixture of both worlds. Because anime is still television. Yes, it is. And generally, we do keep it in the anime section. But for this episode, we're going to be kind of combining it because we kind of binge watch the TV show, which is kind of different to how we regularly do this show. But I'm rubbing off on Zan. You know, no, I just felt that it would be a little bit different this time. So, anyway, uh, last thing, remember you can email us at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com. And as usual, we will do our non-spoiler reviews first, and then after the music... We'll have all our spoilers, so if you have not watched the episode or the TV show we talk about, once the music's done, stop, watch the TV shows, then come back and listen to the after credits for all the spoilery needs. So with that in mind, we've got two shows that we're going to be talking about. The first one is, as I said, it's an anime series that was released on Netflix in full, and don't worry, it's not the one you're thinking of, because we're going to be doing a huge anime review for the new show, The Great Pretender. But this show, specifically, is one which is, well, it's very popular and very famous. And the crazy part is this was created by the wonderful and amazing company known as Sanrio. Now, what is Sanrio famous for again? All of the Hello Kitties and uh, Froggy Karopi and uh, the other ones. Yeah, so this is a grab from the Sanrio company, and they did something kind of different with this character. This character is, as opposed to being a little girl or a little boy, this is a, what is it, she's 25 years old? A 25-year-old office lady who isn't a human, she's an animal, but she says she's a person. And is she 25 or she's 26? She's 25, the other girl is 26. Oh, okay. And she is very passive until she goes to a certain place and then she lets out all of her aggression. And the original Japanese title for this is Aggressive Retsuko, but we know her over here as... Aggretsuko! Yes, we're talking about the third season of Aggretsuko. And if you've never seen Aggretsuko, one, this was directed by Rarecho, who actually voices Aggretsuko. She wrote it and she directs it. And this was produced by several people, including Yosei... Mochizawa, Toro Goto, Kelly, Lugan Bielse, and this was licensed by Netflix. Uh, the original series came out in 2018 as little shorts, and then they've released more of them over time, and we get them as whole series. Now, to explain Agretzko, like we said, she is a 25-year-old single anthropomorphic red panda who works in the accounting department of a Japanese trading firm. And she pretty much is someone who is rolled over by her boss, her co-workers, and random people who are pushy. And she just lets her emotions stay in the underground until she goes to karaoke bar. And then like a she's... polite, sweet Japanese office worker girl. And then at the karaoke bar... She sings death metal. Hardcore, <laughs> angry voice. And in the first season, it's her dealing with her unhappiness at her job and her trying to find a way to get out of work. It actually 
ends up leading her to get the nickname Short Timer, or if you watch the English dub, Calendar. And it's because her boss is like, you're going to quit, so fine, whatever. Uh, but she eventually becomes a healthy state of mind. Uh, her boss, who is a, the director of the accounting department, is a big pig who's overworked, and he has total blatant sexism, and he's he's a prick. And then you have, of course, his... his what do you say? His toady? Yeah, his, his toady, uh, Kamiya, who is this little meerkat who's kind of like a, yes, boss, whatever you say, boss. He's kind of the smithers to him, but he's not into him. He just says whatever. Like Smee. He has his own thing. But in order to keep her job sane, she has a couple of friends. Now, you have, of course, Fenico, her Fennec Fox co-worker, her closest friend, who's really intuitive and perceptive, but she's kind of... She's weird. She talks kind of like in a monotonous voice, and she's very deadpan. She's kind of like Daria. She's very much like Daria. But then she makes fun of people and says, you're a horrible person, but then she, what she's making fun of them on, she gets addicted to. So, like, she's making fun of them about getting into Instagram, then she becomes an Instagram whore. She's like... Oh, smartphones, those are so, you know, stupid. No one really likes those. Flip phones are the way to go. And then she comes completely obsessed with smartphones. And she ends up stalking their coworker, who is, uh, how would you describe uh, her? Um, she's a dit. Uh, it's a Sunoda. And she is a Dirk Dirk, or like a fawn. And she's totally a, like, she's the girl that probably is sleeping at the top, but she's not sleeping to the top. Yeah, she's like the bimbo secretary. Who? She's not a bimbo, but she acts like a bimbo and uses her cuteness so people will kind of let her slide. She's the stuff. one that does the selfie with her, or she takes a picture of her um, coffee on Instagram, but it's really showing her thighs. Yeah, she has it all down, so it's she's very shameless, but she's actually a genius. Um other person you have to talk about is Haida. Haida is her spotted hyena co-worker who's an avid punk rock fan, plays bass guitar, and also he is in love with her. Which is kind of a problem because it leads him to doing stupid things, which could potentially... It's not a problem. It's a, it's a catalyst for funny things to happen. Not really. It's just detrimental to him because he just he makes bad decisions because of this because he likes her. And it's not like obsessive, but it's he he knows he's in a bad space, but he's trying to make things better. And also, Fenico is trying to be like, "I'm going to be your wingman." It's like, does Fenico like him? Well, we don't ever find out. And anyway, first season, it's her dealing with her wanting to leave her job, finding a guy that she can marry, and things will be great. And the first person she ends up hooking up with is the the company Space Case, who. He's a good person, but he is totally not on this planet. He's, uh, his name is Rasasuke, and he's a red panda who is just constantly daydreaming, irresponsible with day job. He's soft-spoken. He has no social awareness, but he is amazing at taking care of his plants. He's, like, obsessive about his plants. So it's like they're beautifully taken care of and cultivated. Exceptional gardener. Uh, pretty much his name is a play on the Japanese term herbivore male or a beta. Like, he's a super passive beta. Like, whatever you want, whatever you want, and not taking emphasis on this. 
but that was the first season. So second season of it is her mom, uh, Retsuko's mom, is trying to set her up. And also, because of that stress and other things, she finally ends up meeting a guy at her driver's ed class who is amazing and he's rich, which she doesn't realize at first. And handsome. Like, he's perfect. He but. At first, he seems a little irresponsible. Um, but then you realize he's not. He's just completely loaded. He's loaded, and he's in a very different place than Retsuko is. Like, he is... He doesn't... He's in a different... I don't want to say world, but... But he is, kind of. Like, Rasasuke was... I don't understand... He has no social awareness with... Uh, her new boyfriend, who's Tadano. Tadano's deal is that, oh, you don't have to do that. They don't need you there. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. Do what you want. And it's... Which is beautiful in theory. And and he means it in a very sweet way. But, but Gretzko kind of takes it as like, they don't need me. I have no value. Yeah, he kind of shits on her value, which sucks. Also, the other, the B plot of this. But that's not how he meant it to be. Yeah, so it didn't end well. We can't forget the B plot, which is her new co-worker, Anai, who is a little bit younger and doesn't understand the basic social things. Well, let's be honest. He's a millennial. He's beyond a millennial. He is a Z. uh, What is it? uh, A Generation Z. He has never dealt without cell phones. Most of you are in this location, so he is nice to her, to her face, but then he's sending her emails, which are very aggressive and angry and just kind, kind of, of inappropriate. She can't give him any direction or feedback without him like running to HR. Yeah, so it leads to some issues until she eventually works it out and things are good. Also, we oh, I cannot believe we forgot the two most important uh, guides in Agretzko's life. The two who are arguably the boss bitches of the job. And we're talking about Mrs. Gori and, of course, Miss Washimi, who is a gorilla lady who is the director of marketing and the secretary bird who is the secretary to the company's president. But the president pretty much does whatever she says. So she is the de facto president of the company. Yeah, she basically they basically are very high up, but they're still her friends. And, it's and they like, love her. Yeah. And it's like. Fenico and Haida are her work friends, but these two who she was so intimidated for in the first season are like, let's go out and let's go on a trip and hang out. Let's go take a girl's trip. Let's go to uh, a hot springs. Let's go karaoke. Which leads to some problems later on between those two, but they come back together to fix things. So anyway, this is the third season and the third season is... Awesome. That that she has decided that she's not going to get into a relationship relationships are not good for her so she's gonna just spend time playing video games well because she's also kind of heartbroken from the last one yeah so but like with most of us who play video games and ones which have um you know in-game content she ends up spending an absurdly large amount of money on in-game purchases like all of her discretionary fund meaning like her rent's taken care of but her food budget is gone and long story short something's happened and she ends up backing a car into a parked car which some guy's in and now she has to deal with this guy and because of this yeah because she's gonna have to pay for the damages it's her fault so there's some more debt yes so long story short some stuff happens and she ends up working for the guy that she hit 
And he has a very interesting side gig that she's now working in. And that is the main premise of this season. Also, you have Haida finding a new girlfriend. So, overall, they're 13-minute episodes. They're clever, they're well done, and it's something that is very different than most typical Sanrio stuff. It's not a, oh, let's be friends. It's, oh, no, this is learn to stand up for yourself. And these are adults. These are not kids. It's not Hello Kitty going on an adventure, (laughs) finding... Keto keto pee, uh, and fancy Maru. rock. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not that. No, this is um, she has to pay her debt or she's gonna die. And if you've ever had a job or worked in a environment, you know, then you can relate. I think it's funny is that she's trying to save money and she's eating bread crust that they throw away at the bakery and she's just eating it. Like, is she okay? Yeah, she's okay. And well, and they're like, no, she's not. Or eating stolen cookies. Yes, or or the or the whole reason why Haida likes her, but we'll talk more about that in the spoilers. So definitely check out Agretzka if you have not watched it. It's great, it's relatable, and it's kind of weird, but it's totally understandable, and you can get it if you've ever worked a job or you've ever felt unsatisfied with life. So now let's get to the second show, and actually the last thing because we're not doing an Umbrella Academy this week. Why? Because we didn't end up watching it this week because we we're not we're keeping it one at a time, and things have happened. But the show that we are going to talk about is one which is very um how would we put this nicely? Uh, twisted and dark and amazing. We're talking about Lovecraft Country episode three, and this episode is called Holy Ghost. So if you've heard our podcasts about um, Nosferatu, you know that I'm basically a chicken and a little bit scared of some of these. Mm-hmm. So we have to watch them during the day. And this one is so intriguing and I like it. And they got the period right. They got all the costumes right. And I love that. I geek out about the costumes and the red lipstick and the hats and all that stuff. Um, but this one does have some scary moments to it. Not so much... Oh, no. Yeah, definitely episode one. Well, this is definitely not- episode two. Let's just say that I watch most of it and some parts I just have to listen to because my eyes might be closed. Yeah, but this second episode was directed by the director of the last episode, Daniel Sackham or Sackheim. And this was really uh, well done. So this is taking place three weeks after the events of the last two episodes. Mm hmm. So, um, slight spoilers. So this is after they come back from Artem and Uncle George is dead. So they've had the funeral three weeks later and everybody is feeling the absence. You have um, Atticus who's trying to kind of hold it together because he can't tell his aunt what happened. You have his father. Yeah, they've come up with a story. Montrose who is, he's dealing with it the way he does, which is alcohol and just... Everyone's trying to cope with it. Dealing. And Letty, Letitia, she gets an inheritance from her mother that lets her buy a house. And she buys a house on the north side of Chicago. Now, in the 1950s, the north side of Chicago was a predominantly white community. So this is a lady who's moving to this white community. um, And she decides she's going to build a kind of boarding house for for down and out black members of community an affordable boarding house and she wants her sister in on it 
And it's a huge mansion that has 14 bedrooms. It's got an elevator, which kind of doesn't work. And Now, we don't, when it opens, we don't know how she got the money. And the sister asks her, like, where'd you get the money from? We don't find out until later in the episode. Yes, but the we know mysteriously it happens. And because of her doing this, this leads to issues with the neighborhood. And there's also a mystery going on in the house because she got the house for absurdly cheap. Yeah, she was able to afford it. Let's just put it that way. And while all this is going on, you have Tick Atticus who ends up staying there to help her out because the neighbors are not appreciative of these new upstarts in their community. And it's not even a... Yeah, he wasn't going to stay there until... They started being very rude. Yeah, I think it was like the neighbors tied bricks to Car, their, the horns, the of, the horns of their cars so that they would just go Wah! outside the house. And this is an episode which has a lot of humor in it, a lot of action, and then the whole what's going on in the house because the house is haunted it's a haunted house episode and the haunting is there's jump scares jump scare filled but more important that it's very well i gotta say it's intriguing it has a lot of stuff with it involving hoodoo or if you want to use the common term voodoo which is cool and it's a very dynamic episode it's not a filler and it's setting up things for later on there's a little bit of questions going on and if you're like me watch it during the day and similar to the first episode, like we said, in this show, it's not the monsters which are the scary part. It's the people around who are scary. The good old boy sheriff. Oh, and it's not even... It's it's very intimidating and just... You get anxious. Yeah, puts a knot in your stomach. Yes. Uh, so this one, definitely check out. Highly, highly well done. Um... The actress who plays Letitia knocked it out of the park. We're talking about uh, Journey Smollett. She knocked it out of the park in this Wasn't episode. Wasn't she the little girl from the Cosby show? She was a child actor. Uh, was she? She was in Full House. She was in Full House. Oh, okay. She was from Full House. She was the best friend from Full House. Yeah. And she was a really great child, child actor. And she was uh, Black Canary from Birds of Prey. And she is a... She's turned out to be a beautiful woman... She's got these, she's got a cute little figure and she looks good in all the 60s. 50s. I'm sorry, in all the 50s clothes. And then, you know, that classic 50s red lipstick. She's got those beautiful lips for her red lipstick. I think I'm more obsessed with lipstick now that we all have to wear masks all the time. But anyway. I will say that the scene which for her, which sold it to me, is just when she officially has enough. When you see her have enough, because usually it's like, oh, this guy's going to do this, this guy's going to do that. And you just see her. Um, like you can see the flip the switch flip in her and she's like i'm done and uh last episode or two episodes ago we talked in umbrella academy about um we talked about uh number three flipping out the rumor flipping out when she uh caused her husband to get arrested by kicking a guy and judo pretty much judo flipping him over that scene is her having enough comparatively to this scene that's tame umbrella academy that's not even a tantrum this is just she's done she's had it and she deals with it in a very constructive way and then afterwards make sure that they are not going to get arrested and and, well they do get arrested but not give them a reason to anyway so definitely worth checking out and highly addictive so look if you've seen this let us know what you think uh i think that's it 
uh, email us, join our Discord, and, well... Keep watching TV. Keep watching TV. Stay tuned for the spoilers. I'm Zan. I'm Greta. See you later. time so, so many things to say so let's start off as usual we're going backwards so first we're going to start off with holy ghost directed by daniel sackham for the third episode of lovecraft country and holy shit so letty's supposed to, so she gets this money for the house we don't know where she gets it from her sister doesn't know where she gets it from but she's doing this whole let's be sisters thing and then it's let slip that she's got some more money from their dead mother the who mom did, who didn't leave anything willed it to her. She's like, "What do you mean, mom willed it to you? The, your inheritance?" She goes, "Mom didn't have any money," and she goes, "Yeah, I didn't think so either." And she's like, "And you didn't even go to her funeral?" She goes, "Yeah, I didn't think she had the money either. Who knows? Well, I have this inheritance, so red flag, red flag, red, red flag. Who's pretending to gift her this money? Where did this money come from? And why did they have her buy this house?" The haunted house More in the white neighborhood. It's, it's her sister is understandably upset about it because she should have given her the money. But what she did for her sister is, I'm giving you a house. You don't have to pay rent ever again. And we'll be sisters again. 
She wants to make it, you know, like that affordable boarding house. Like, come. We'll make money and we'll be fine Do this forever. with me. We'll be, we'll, we're, we're going to be set. This is great. And her sister's like, nope. Once she finds out, she's like, nope, I don't need you. I'm going to go back to hustling. She's and, like, are you freaking kidding me? And she's her half-sister, so it's even worse. Because he's like, yeah, no. And he's, and I like that uh, she says to her friends, like, yeah, she takes after her father. Hmm. And then you have their half-brother who treats her who treat her like shit in the first episode, who, understandably, I wouldn't have given him a dime. So. And the house is, long story short, it's a haunted house where you see the haunting happen. And you see the spirits who are harassing, at first you're like thinking, oh, it's the creepy baby-headed giant. And it's like, no, that's not the bad ghosts. The bad ghost is the... So the quote-unquote not bad ghosts that are creepy that you're introduced to in the beginning... You're seeing stuff happen, but Letty's not catching on. She's not seeing it. Mm-hmm. And then you're introduced to the bad ghost. Who pretty much tells her, get out of my house. Through creepy photos in the basement. It's terrifying. What, what, what made it less scary for me is when you realize the good ghosts that are creepier looking don't mean harm. They're stuck there because of the bad ghost. And they and they get revenge on the bad ghost when she ends up calling on it because it's she's had it with the ghost. She knows that the house is haunted, and she's in a weirder position now because in the last episode we talked about the fact that she got shot and she died, and the sons of Adam brought her back. Well, the girl Christina brought her back. Yeah, because she's not a sons of Adam because she's a daughter of Adam, but she brought her back, and so she's now on the line between living and the dead. So I think she's going to be a lot more in tune, in tune to the spiritual world. And she's freaking out about it. Like when Atticus finds her at the bar and she's got a cigarette in her mouth and she has all the stuff she's doing conspiracy work in a bar, just with lots of papers. I say, I'm trying to find out what happened and how we find out what happened because she's not giving up. She can't sell the house. No, she can't sell the house. She won't sell the house. Right. Because it's it's a point of contention at this point. Because if she give, she sells it, she gives up. Mm-hmm. She loses her money, and it's just not going to be well. And the reason why she knows the house, something happened there, is because when they set up the house, the ghosts have been just kind of passively harassing them. Nothing crazy like removing her sheets and nothing dangerous. However, outside the house, all the neighbors have been just standing out there making fun of them. Uh, as we said earlier, tying bricks to their car horn. So it just constantly is just the horn is going off. Which seems to me like not the worst thing that you can do. And wouldn't that annoy you as a neighbor just as much? They, uh, during that time. But you know what I mean? Like, why are you going to annoy yourself? I don't know. They, during that time, it's, it's, uh, well, let's be honest. It's, it's, it's just straight up racism. It's a huge racist moment, and the neighbors are not taking it well. Because after that moment of them just standing outside with their car's horns, you see picket signs that say that they're put into the lawn saying, uh, "North North Side Chicago, a pro- it is this is a white community." And what's even better is Letty throws a huge housewarming party, so it's loud, it's disruptive, and it's all she people of color. As, she does this as a fuck you to the neighbors. And Atticus is walking outside in his full military uniform because he's an ex-soldier. And the thing is that they may think hate him for being black, but he is 
a military officer. They still give him a they'll give him a little respect, not much, but some respect. And he kind of keeps patrol. But that's the night that they have the party light a cross on fire in their yard. Of course they do because that's that's. Yeah. So that's when Letty loses it. It's also before that her and her and Atticus end up hooking up and turns out it's her she first time. She uses her virginity, yeah. It's very like she says, "Oh, I, just, I didn't it was it's it's during my period." And it's like, "No, she you could tell she lost her virginity." But she gets out, she's waiting. You see the cross and you just see her snap. And you see her grab a it's like they're like, "Let's get some shotguns." And you see her grab a baseball bat and smash the cars breaking each window, breaking the bricks off, and then... Smashing a couple side view mirrors with it as well. Then one of their... Um, when they hear the sirens, one of their attendants drives up, opens the back of her car, they throw the guns in there, the baseball bats in there, and that person drives off. Like, nope, we have no weapons here. Then they all put their hands up... And get on their knees. And get on their knees. Because they will not mess around. Now, and then the cop who arrests her is rude about it and interrogates her about why she bought that place. But that was interesting. That's when you know that there's something else going on because he interrogates her more about the home than much else. And then when she doesn't answer him. So that's when she finds out more information about the house. And when she doesn't answer him, he proceeds to just hold on to one of the rails and is... The driver well, slams. Well, the no, car. there was a. So the driver flickered the lights in the back, and so the the police chief, the sheriff, the sheriff, he's in the back with her. So the lights flicker. So then he grabs the handle loop in the top of the car to brace himself, and then they, the drivers, really jostle the whole car around so that she gets beaten up by falling and hitting and slamming against the other side of the vehicle and the bench. She really gets beat up really bad but he had a warning they already had that planned you know oh yeah no they did and it's just a very tragic scene and it's a scene which is apprehensive it really makes that yeah they're monsters in this show but the the other people are a little more scary just a little bit yeah you find out the monsters aren't really those that kind of monsters well, in this, well, there are monsters who are horrific oh, in yeah. people's brains, but it's like, this is like... Eh. And then if you get hurt by them, you turn into one. Yeah, but it's like, what's better, this or being beaten to death and, and lit on fire? It's like, eh, it's kind of worrisome. Neither. Um, neither is good. Neither is good. Now, other thing we have to talk about is Uncle George's wife, Hippolyta. She is not doing well. Not at all. She blames Atticus because Atticus hasn't said anything. But she knows that that they're not telling her the truth. So she's being a little passive aggressive with him and rude to him. And then, to but she's also off, like dealing with losing her husband. She is buying copies of her husband's favorite book and then ripping pages out of it. Well, no, she ripped pages out of his copy of his favorite book and bought another book to kind of replace it. But I think that's become a ritual for her. She's doing it over and over again. Now, the weird thing is that besides that, she's obsessed with astrology. The weird thing that his favorite book was Dracula. Nothing wrong with that. I know people who like that book. It's yeah, a, but it's considering a this book. Yes, but considering the monsters and the beliefs of all of that. There's an underlying tone. There's something behind it. Again, look at her, look at his brother. His favorite book we has five copies of is Count, Count of Monte, Monte Cristo. Cristo. 
it's and he's also named after a kind of Microsoft character. So no, I know, but it's just like those the all these little things you can tell are chosen on purpose. They're building up to something. Yeah. But the other like aspect, bring on the vampires. No, the, the what was the other part of this? Uh, oh yes, um, but the other thing about Hippolyta, like we we're saying, is that she is obsessed with astronomy, and in the house, in the haunted house, in one of the rooms, which changes mysteriously, she sees a beautiful golden astrological system, a, a planetary system guide. Which is beautiful. So I'm curious if she's going to become a major point in this show. Uh, but anyway, we're going kind of out of order. Because it actually, in the beginning, it opens up with uh, this event occurred in 1955. No one, not everyone showed up. Long story short, uh, Letty is tired of these ghosts. She gets a voodoo lady to show up. The voodoo lady. To do it like an exorcism. She starts to get things done. And then when she's doing that, and because one of the neighbors saw the voodoo lady kill a goat in front of the house. Three of the guys go into the house with baseball bats. You know, the guys that uh, yeah. lit the the uh, cross on fire in the yard. The ones that tied the bricks to the yeah. steering wheels. They're going to break in and beat them to death with the baseball bats. However, this house is haunted by ghosts. And more importantly than that, because they're trying to exercise the ghosts, uh, He's a little pissed off, so he ends up killing each one of them before dealing with the three that are trying to exercise him. And it ends up where she calls upon the spirits, because she's on both sides, and after he kills the voodoo lady, she ends up using the other ghosts to help trap and get rid of the bad guy. Because the other ghosts were... Victims of this one guy who was experimenting on uh, African-Americans. You see them heal... You know, they're all distorted and creepy and gross from whatever experiments he was doing on them. So you see them become... Normal. How how they looked prior to their experiments. And as they are defeating him. And he, like, almost turns into paper. It's a Ashes dr- or something. It's a dramatic and sad scene. Uh, so at the end, the house has been kind of exercise except that there's still something going on underneath the house if you go all the way to the bottom floor it's underneath the house there's a secret tunnel which has the missing dead bodies of the three uh, white guys who disappeared and there's symbols from the sons of adam around so something is going on but more importantly than that atticus discovers that christina hired the guy to give letty the money posing as the inheritance yep and when he goes there to shoot her, she uses magic, stops him, and pretty much says, listen, there's something missing. I want you to find it. If you find it, it might be good for all of us. Because, you know, we're good as family. Also, you know better than that, Tick. You can't kill a white woman. So she's admitting their family. So there's stuff happening. Yeah, they're setting something up crazy i'm not gonna lie i wanted to watch the next episode right away but i also well next episode is until next week i know but i wanted to watch the next episode right away but i needed daylight yep well the next episode which comes out on september 6th is called the history of violence it's gonna be directed by victoria mahoney and the next one after that is a strange case so i'm kind of excited for this and i'm also a little scared of what's gonna happen we have to wait and see 
Also, the you more can't I, be scared. You have to be the brave one. The more I watch this show, the more I want to read the source material, the original book this is based off of. Yeah. I'm curious as to what they do differently. But we can talk about that later. Um, Slash what happens next. Yes. What could it, be inspiring the next one. What other kind of monsters you, there are. If you watch this, let us know what you think. Email us, uh, zanspark.com. Or you can go to the Discord uh, server. And on the Television Tuesday section, you can comment on what you think is up with the show. Where is it going? Let us know what you think. So now let's get to the other show, and that's Agretzko. And this episode, well, this season was all about her becoming an idol singer <laughs> and finally becoming Agretzko. And I love that this series, uh, all the different seasons of Agretzko, they're all, every season ends not on a cliffhanger, but it's a, we could end the whole series right here. And if you know about an idol sing- singer, it's like a cutesy, pop, perfect. Little princess girl, school girl uniform. Oh, you know that the majority of our audience listens to idol singers. Yeah. So, they know exactly so she what gets is. up there and she's like an idol singer with them. And then hardcore death metal, angry voice in front of everyone. It's, everyone. And it's awesome seeing her because he's like, this is the birth of a Gretzko. And it's like, cool. You have that going on. You have Haida finding a girl who actually really likes him. And she seems super sweet. They would be really great together. But he is willing to... I like the fact that he didn't say, I would have chosen you over her. Because she was. She gave him look like, yeah, I, I dare you to say that you would have chosen me. <sighs> she was daring him. To. Which was so, like, just sad. And she knows that she... Wasn't his first choice. She knows that he likes somebody else and she really likes him. And she was so, they would be good together. Yeah, but he's he's lost that. He lost that uh, window. That window is closed forever, I think. I know, which is so sad. But hopefully Agresco realizes uh, what's going on. Also, I do like the fact that finally Agresco addressed the situation and said, you're trying to put me in a box and you you, you don't know me. You just think you know me and you, you put your your idealized version of yourself on me. Mm-hmm. But then he says, oh, so fine. You know what? If you think the world's uh, punched you in the face, punch it back. Mm-hmm. It's also cool to see that uh, the, the ex-boyfriends of, or, or ex-love uh, interests of Agretzko are all getting together. Like, I've got like a group of friends. They're like, how did you guys get to know each other? He's like, well. You... Both were rejected by Agretzko. And he's like, what? Yeah. And she's shocked by it. Uh, other thing is, I do like that Tan, uh, director Tan, is still, he's there for her in a really weird sort of way. Like, he treats her like shit, but in the end, he will, like, he's yes, he's misogynistic. Yes, he's rude. Yes, he's he's a, just a big pig. But he'll, he won't lie to her. He won't, he tells it like it is. He's like, look, this is, uh, you gotta adult up. You can't be weird with a tribe thing. That's not how it works. That's not how the real world works. This is a phase. You're gonna get past it. And if you want, here's the money to pay him back. Just pay me back when you can. He was willing to do that for her. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he's like, "This is uh, this farewell. This is why you enjoy uh, weekends so much. Like seeing it's the little things in life that just pass by. But then, of course, Doctor Tony is kind of a piece of garbage. So, so." Yeah. He totally is. I do like the fact that the one girl, the one singer, um, was 
super aggressive and mean to her, but then eventually they're like best friends. Well, she's like that mean girl in high school. Sarcastic. She's a popular one. But then in the end she goes, well, if you're out of the group, which is fine, then I'm going to keep my day job because we're not going to make it. Till yet, just yet. I do like the But we will make it. But she calls her by her name, says mm-hmm. Gretzko. Or Retzko. And I do like that she, the mid that she's like, I'm 30, I'm 26. Because the other ones are, are little girls, and she's mm-hmm. an adult. So mm-hmm. it's like she's just acting cute and young. Uh, the other plot of the creepy stalker that was uh, a little... Creepy. Intimidating and understandable, because that's a part about being a singer that most people don't think about. The whole, you have a stalker. Mm-hmm. An aggressive stalker that wanted bad things. So, really cool show. I think that they could end the series here, but part of me wants more seasons just for conclusion. But they won't end the series here. They could, but they won't. They could, but they won't. Yeah, and this show deals with so much, like uh, workplace anxiety, misogyny. Um, this season dealt with uh, with debt, severe amounts of debt. Mm-hmm. It dealt with side jobs. It dealt with... Um, being true to yourself more so but I like that she was in debt and what was she gonna do about it work her way out of it I do like that uh Wakimi pretty much told her are you putting your all into it and then when she started putting her all into it it changed her at her at her outlook on the whole situation and well it's enjoyable if you watch it let us know what you think email us sparkinggmail.com or me at zansparker.com I think uh, that's I think all. that's it. Yep. So stay tuned for next episode. Next episode we'll be talking about two episodes of Umbrella Academy. The next episode of uh, Lovecraft Country, and I think there's another TV show that's coming out. I'm not sure. Hold on. Uh, uh, new TV shows in September 2020. Let's see quickly beforehand because we're in the spoiler section. Uh, is there anything? The TV premieres from Den of Geeks. Is there anything coming out this week? Um, well, The Boys comes out Friday, but we, uh, I have, The Boys are a whole other thing. You have Pokemon the series, Archer comes out on the 16th, Our Cartoon President on the 13th, Wireless, Criminals UK. So nothing really crazy until the end of September. But there's some stuff. We'll see. Yes, we'll see what's going on. Let us know what if you want us to review something, email us, spirekin at gmail.com or zanspirekin.com. Tweet us at spirekin. And if you want to do something cool, go to our iTunes account or Apple Music Podcast account and rate us. Leave us a comment and let us know what you think. So with that in mind, I'm Zan. I'm Greta. We're gone, so we'll catch you guys next time and keep watching TV. See ya. <laughs>